Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions and get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I am under deep protest. Well, not as deep as some of our other co-hosts. Joining us also, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Why always with the fighting? And uh, not joining us this episode is uh, regular co-host Lee Younger. He's one of the pastors of Christ Media Church, and he is uh, he's currently on injured reserve. Yeah, yeah he has an uh, injury. Yes, he has. Uh, I, I got a text uh, about an hour before our kind of normal recording time started that said, no podcast, going to hospital. Wow, yeah. Which, you know, we've heard from then fine, everything turned out fine. We've been right. given medicine and sent home. Uh, also, uh, you know, we're dealing with uh, Lee not being here. There's a lot going on. I know that, you know, I'm under protest because it's not a real show. Sure. If Lee isn't here. Sure. But... Uh, and normally, I want to save vital pieces of information for when he's here. Of course, sure. Uh, we have to have a quorum. But this just can't wait. All it's right. Fashion update emergency. Okay. Wow. Are you declaring an emergency? I am declaring a fashion update emergency. Okay. Boat necks are in this year. Really? Wow. You heard it here first, folks. Boat necks. I'm calling my buyer. Boat. You necks. should. Now, I assume that means a neck that is made of teak. It's not. <laughs> no, it's, uh, One that's lacquered. No, it, it's it maybe being ha- a bit literal here. Doesn't have a, a prow yeah, at the front of it. No, it's it's uh, boat necks are in. That's good news for all of us. Well, you know, I got my secret sources. They sure. give me all the inside info, and uh, so you know, just putting that out there so the people let the people know. Well, that is good to know. We do have a. Uh, I'm glad we got through that quick because we, we do love the fashion updates. I know uh, there's uh, some ver- some of our younger uh, fleece sweatshirt uh, enjoying uh, female listeners will really enjoy the idea that boat necks are in. They're gonna mm. yeah. They're really gonna leap onto that. But we have a full blown emergency. Really, we do. It's time for the thaddies. Dun, 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 Now, once again, dear gentle listener, you may be sitting yourself wondering, how long did Glenn and Jed work on that? The answer is not at all, unless you count the last 15 years of spending way too much time together. We can just do that on command. That just happened. But as we do uh, for the last few years running, we have our Thaddy Awards. This is our uh, look back at the year 2016, only in the Say That podcast realm. We're not looking back at any other things that happened in 2016, because then that goes from comedy bit to tragedy bit. Yeah, so we're just no going to look at the podcast things. Hit me. We're going to jump right in. Our first category is a cornerstone of the mm. Thaddy Awards. It is best beard. Okay, best beard. That's the category every year. I sure that's what started look it all. To, you know, that's the prestige category. Yeah, when you when you do like your office pool, that's yeah, the yeah. One that's, that's well, always... it's, it's the make or break one. It's like yeah. everybody gets best picture, but who gets best cinematography? Right, that's yeah, the one that's right. where you know you're really turning out your experts. Yeah. Well, our nominees for best beard are Jesus. Oh, that's yeah. sure. Yeah, right, seems sure. right. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Uh-huh. Okay, perennial he, favorite. He did have to get in on his technicality. We had to go to the board. There's no mustache. Is it technically a beard? It's a little that's right. Yeah, it's, uh, it counted. He's in. Yeah. Okay. okay. Controversy's over. He's in. And, oh, this is a lovely surprise. Matt King. Ooh, okay. Matthew Your King. final nominee. Yeah, yeah. And the winner 
of the 2016 Thaddy for Best Beard, continuing through your reign, uh, is Matt King. Yay! Best Beard. I believe this is what the Muppets would refer to as a running gag. (laughs) (laughs) All right, our second Thaddy category for the 2016 Thaddy is Nemesis of the Year. Ooh, that's good. That's very good. That's delicious. Okay. And once again, I read off the card that was brought in. I read directly off the card that was brought in in the armored case. That's right. From our friends. And it's, the nominees are nominee one Price Waterhouse. For our friends at Price Waterhouse, I quote Politics, enough said. Yes, yes. Moving that's, on. Yeah, that's the, that's the definitely a yes, hot contender the, for Nemesis of the Year. <laughs> the personification of politics as an idea. Yeah. Mm. Number two Hallie's flesh eating bird. Yes, that's a, yes. That's a serious nemesis. You may right notice there. that one of our co-hosts really feels that that one hit home. Yeah, uh, nemesis of the year nominee, nominee number three, Joel Osteen's time traveling cyborg. Oh yeah, sure, they're always in there. Strong yeah. contender yeah. in a year to year. The winner is Hallie's flesh eating bird. <laughs> I had a feeling about that one. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I feel like one of Jed's 2017 nemeses is going to be whoever wrote these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Sewing descent like no other award show. Our third category for the 2016 that is best fashion tip. Okay. Mm. Number one, moisture wicking shirts. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. well. That we we went into a lot of detail on that, and I think people learned a lot. That's what that new John Wick movie is about. That's right. So yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, we did that joke the first time. Good enough for a callback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second nominee for best fashion tip. Oh, a late nominee. Boatnecks are in this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. If anybody wants to put their Benedict Cumberbatch hat on and guess who writes the Vatty script, <laughs> that may be a big hint. Our final nominee for best fashion tip, one word, espadrilles. Yeah. yeah espadrilles I put my right. money down on espadrilles. So yeah, I'm... because, you know, that <laughs> was that was one of those predictions that came out and nobody bought it. Sure. And then, boom, Espadrilles just blew up this year. Yeah. That's absolutely right. It was the Cubs of yeah. Say That Fashion Tips. That's right. The winner for Best Fashion Tip 2016, Moisture Wicking Shirts. Oh, oh wow. A Dark Horse Man. candidate. Yeah, Dark okay. Horse. Yeah, it came through there. Okay. I feel like Harvey Weinstein bribed somebody on this Yeah, I have, yeah. A, I have oh, a sense. Yeah. All right. Another favorite category, again, this year for 2016, Best Jed. Mm. Yeah, I love Best Jed. Sure. Our first nominee, classic Legalistic Jed. Well, it, it is an honor just to be nominated, but it's it's not me. It's it's the Lord. Okay. <laughs> and it's not a positive nomination. Uh-huh. Uh, a new, to pound out that balance, a new nominee, first-time nominee in the category Best Jed, Dickens' Moisten Jed. <laughs> <laughs> Old Moisten Jed. It's Moisten Jed, it is. <laughs> he sells his moisture. <laughs> and again, I do read directly off the Price Waterhouse envelope, which says with an apostrophe, grammatically correct, Dickens's yeah. Moisten Jed, which makes it sound like a turn of the century food product. <laughs> <laughs> Our final nominee for best Jed, Jed the Lying Bird Lover. <laughs> the bird is fine. Bird's fine, y'all. Bird is fine. We're doing the bird's doing fine. Absolutely fine. All right. Two perennial favorites, a newcomer, the winner for best Jed is Dickens is moistened, Jed. (laughs) (laughs) Visited by three spirits of moisture, he was. (laughs) Our next category, Drug Scandal of the Year. And we, with various maladies and malformations throughout the year, we have dealt with, with our own pharmaceutical means. Uh, Number one nominee, Lee takes steroids. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that was pretty, pretty... A strong statement out of context. We do mean <laughs> essentially strong-powered antihistamines, but he yep. took them. Yes. And they were technically steroids. Pretty controversial, y'all. No doubt. Second nominee. Glenn's all hopped up on NyQuil riding the Green Dragon. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty... That was a pretty psychedelic episode. That yeah. one also has the uh, the advantage of happening multiple times. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Our final nominee for Drug Scandal of the Year, Glenn is fueled by fish pills. Fish we know pills. it's going to be fish pills, y'all. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a strong favorite. Yeah. Absolutely. No surprise to anyone. The winner is fish pills. Yep. Fish yep. pills. Yay. The Daniel Day-Lewis of drug scandals. That's, yes. That's really true. Whenever they're in, somebody's taking that one. All right. Uh, our next category, maybe one of our least competitive in the history. Uh, best behave, say that podcast member. Okay. Uh, okay. Nominee number one, Lee Younger. Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Uh, the... Academy Regression Performance and Matt King, Jed Brewer, and Glenn Sherrill ruled ineligible for this category. <laughs> right. Therefore, the winner, a man who uh, you couldn't even bet on him in Vegas. The books were not taking bets on the particular no. category. The winner is Lee Younger. Yes. That's right. All right. We move on from some of these awards to less the nominee format. These are just some special recognition awards okay. we're giving out this year. Sure, sure. 2016, that is. The Golden Cookie Award for Best Baked Good of 2016. Mm. Ooh, okay. Very prestigious. The winner is Claire, Minnesota Superfan. Woo! Yay! I have a feeling there will be more on that in an upcoming episode when we have some time. The 2016 Award for Least Tolerable Christian Media. Ooh, wow. Okay. That's, a that's, packed that's, field that's, if ever there was one. Yeah, that's, that's competitive. We really pick. don't have time to go through all the nominees, so... And again, I read directly from the Pricewaterhouse envelope, Kurt Cameron Saves Christmas. Okay. <laughs> wow. You may notice that the real movie is called Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah. That, the folks uh, at the Academy uh, didn't really... F- Kurt Cameron <laughs> Saves Christmas. That, okay. One of those guys. And sure, there yeah, seems yeah. to be something scribbled on the back which says, you know what? That's it. I can't go on. They're all tied for last place. Okay. Wow. Okay. So okay. I think the good news is if you bet on anyone in that category, I think you at least get to break even. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the 2016 Edith Love Rumpel Memorial Award for Most Offensive Singleness of the Year. Again, surprised no one. The winner is Matt King. Yes. Yeah. I am, yes. Uh, I am the Meryl Streep of that award. Yes. In many ways. Uh, most Accumulated Husband Points of the Year. Okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, again, Matt King ruled ineligible. Yes. Uh, yes. Jed Clearly. Brewer, a nominee. Okay. Glenn Fitzgerald, uh Ruled ineligible, but does take the rule does take the podium for most spent husband points. That's right. Okay. That's okay. Right. And the winner for most accumulated husband points net is Lee Younger. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, right. that makes He's sense. really the only one who's not hemorrhaging them on the backside. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The 2016 Audubon Society for Outstanding Care for Birds that Crave Human Flesh and Blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big get for us to partner with our friends at the Audubon Society. <laughs> Hello, well, lawsuit. They, they, yeah, they sort of objected to that when I brought it up to them, but I just ran a, with it anyway. It was a tense meeting. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> And the winner is Jed Brewer. Thank Yay, you. Thank Jed you. Brewer. It's an honor just to be nominated. Is it? Please don't no. sue us. Yeah. Of if only this podcast would end up getting sued because we offended the bird people. <laughs> I'm not afraid to take on Big Bird. Not that's at good. all. That's very good. If now I, PBS is coming for you. See too. what I did there. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> you know, we're we're beloved. I don't know if we want to get in the ring with Big Bird. Yeah, yeah. no. Okay. I think Henson may have us on that one. 2016 wedding of the year. Special producers note: only weddings to which non-Lee personnel are invited are eligible. Mm. That's right. If you invite us, then you are not eligible for wedding of the year. That's right. If you invite one of us to your wedding, you don't want it to be good. Yeah, that's right. You've sabotaged yourself. The winner is. Our friends Woody and Jennifer. Woo! Woody and Jennifer. 
They had an entire separate dinner here in Chicago. Just that's how badly they didn't want to invite us to their wedding. That's right. And it was entirely the right call. That was the right move. They should never invite us to your wedding. That's exactly right. 2016 Christian movie of the year. Okay. Mm. We, 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 you know, we were a little negative on the least tolerable. So now we're coming around. Christian movie of the year. Drum roll, please. You can do that at home. Star Trek Beyond. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a good movie. Bit of a shock. There's a, there's probably a parable in there somewhere. It's sure. dig deep enough. Sure, I no think so. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Captain Kirk rides a space motorcycle in it. Wow. Yes, he does. That's like that's uh, super Christian. That's uh, the you know like how the Bible says the Lord's triumph was heard throughout the land. Talking about triumph motorcycle, right? That's again unrehearsed bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the natural patter. Yeah. The 2016 best say that podcast superfan, and the winner is you. Aww. We mean you specifically, <laughs> not those other people listening. They didn't win. Just you. You won. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> I think they bought it. <laughs> All right, our final 2016 Daddy Award. The 2016 award for best box. The winner is Bridgebox. Ooh, oh. that's excellent. <laughs> Why is it the best? Why? Maybe it's the best because it only costs eight dollars a month. Maybe it's the best because. You get songs, sermons, Bible studies, and other stuff that helps fuel your walk. Maybe it's your, maybe it's the best because hundreds of people have signed up and helped fund the ministry we do in Chicago on the street, helped what, Glenn, what Lee does down there with the children. Maybe it doesn't matter why, though. The point is, it's the best. It's the best. Find out for yourself. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. We didn't bribe anybody. No. That's the main thing to remember. Probably not. We just won. Don't Fair take the square. fact there were no other nominees. It's uh, it's a very late capitalism thing. We threw our own award show, gave most of the awards for ourselves, and then plugged our thing at the end. <laughs> and with that, I think truly in the spirit of the award show, I declare emergency off. Woo! That was a pretty exciting thaddies this it year. It really was. That went pretty well. There was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, some surprises. Sure. Yep. Some, some uh, old favorites. Some old favorites. Sure. You know, so uh, I think it was good. We weren't able to get Billy Crystal to come out and do an opening monologue and everything, but there's always next year. Yeah, just we just couldn't cut it down to 40 minutes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we said, look, yeah, it, you know, sure, if it's got to be a song medley of all the things. Then and, yes. Sure, okay, but, you know, you got to cut it down, uh, Billy. And he just, you know, we just couldn't come to a consensus. I believe that. the phrase used was, you don't edit genius. Right. right? Billy, you're right. Right. You're right. At least, so. he, at least he tried. Franco didn't even show up. <laughs> we booked Franco. We wanted Franco. Right. Apparently, he, he's something about how him not showing up is the real performance. Right. Like, I didn't, I didn't get it. I don't know who Franco is. James Franco. He was oh. a very bad Oscar toast. Oh. Oh, was he bad? I didn't see it. Apparently. I don't watch it. I don't watch it. I don't watch that either. I don't care for award shows, oddly enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the more reason. <laughs> I'd never watch any of them, so... <laughs> <laughs> also, if it, 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 this should be pointed out, I wasn't paying attention during that. Yeah, no, it was sort of on autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, Matt would stop talking. I go, "Yay!" <laughs> and then I would just kind of go back and uh, just had your pre '90s sitcom quips loaded. Yeah, that's right. Oh no, they didn't. <laughs> yes, right. watch out for that one. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> It's the Glentron 3000. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. Snark on demand. So that's all right. Well, we're going to jump to our questions here. If you have a question for us, hang out all the way to the end. 
hang out with us all the way then. I'll give you the ways you can get in touch with us. Um, first one comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, I listened to one of your most recent podcasts about making changes. I believe that was uh, episode 249. And our friend says, I've done some praying and some digging since then, and I wrote out a list of the changes I feel I need to make. At the top of the list is get more freedom. I'm often someone who gets trapped in her own anxiety, perfectionism, ambition, etc., and it needs to stop. What I'm wondering is, what is, the, what is the freedom the Bible talks about? What does it look like? And in the spirit of making small steps, what are some initial changes that one could start making to find that freedom? It's a fantastic question. I will take a minute to point out that we love follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And uh, Glenn, why don't you start us off on this one? Well, I'm, I'm super glad to be answering this because the Bible does talk a lot about freedom yeah. and, uh, and having our freedom in Christ. And there is very little focus on that in the church. You know, the the, the church doesn't look at that stuff uh, very often. The the big three. Well, Glenn, we find out that we find that if we tell people they're free to do whatever they want, they stop coming into this building. That's apparently that's the mm-hmm. case. Kind of a bummer for yeah. us. Um, yeah, if you keep them down, then you got them right where you keep want them. Keep them back for more. Yeah, the the three big things we want to look at, of course, are are always fear, shame, and guilt. Uh, I think uh, you know. Uh, write those down. Uh, uh, keep them. You know, put it, put them on your bathroom mirror or whatever, so you can see that uh, multiple times throughout your day. Take your thoughts captive over the course of three or four days, and ask yourself how many times do I have a thought that relates to fear mm-hmm. or shame or guilt? Uh, you, and I think what you'll find off that is you you say in the question you feel like you're trapped in uh, you know a, a perfectionistic or ambitious uh, mentality. Uh, but I wonder if that's exactly what you're trapped in, or is it that sense of negativity? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can get a sense of the way in which I move forward, the way in which I achieve things in life is I start off by beating myself up and I feel really terrible. And then I use that as motivation to a- accomplish stuff so that the terrible feeling goes away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's a recipe for for mental health. You don't do that. That's not that's not good. Uh, w- what you're essentially doing is uh, digging a hole, pushing yourself down it, and then saying, "I'll feel better when I climb out of that hole." Mm-hmm. You could just not go down the hole, and you say, "Well, then I would feel like I'm not achieving anything." Here's the thing: is that positive side of things that's going to allow you to achieve things better. Uh, so I think the the key is. Uh, Let's set goals that have uh, a, a positive measure uh, as we go along on a daily or a semi-daily basis. So I can say, I want to do, I want to go to the gym three times this week. If you go to the gym three times this week, you celebrate. You eat a cupcake. You do a thing. You watch your favorite show. You do whatever. You know, you reward yourself. If you go to my gym, they have bagel morning at the gym. Which- yeah. Speaking of things that keep people coming back, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then if you if you happen to not achieve that goal, then what you want to do is turn the, the the negative result into a strategy. I want to mm. look at um, uh, what's keeping me from going to the gym three times a week. I can say, well, it's because you lack character and beat up on myself and have get get into shame, uh, but uh, what I'm likely to find out is that. I have done something uh, either with my schedule, with my emotions, with my life or whatever, where it's making that difficult for me to get out there and get it done. So failures I put into strategy, success I put into celebration so that all the way through this, it's positive. 
that's what's going to fuel you through making changes. The Bible says it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not a, a, a thinking that we suck or thinking that God thinks that we suck that turns things around. Yeah, it's absolutely right. I think, and this will transition into this uh, talking about kind of taking small steps and initial changes. Uh, one of the other things that ties in, I think, exactly what you're talking about is a very interesting point there of uh, the way people are kind of programmed, socialized, taught, however you want to put it, to only really deal in negatives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even things that are ostensibly positive. Um, I, whenever I hear people talk about uh, one of the ways I know that our, our question asker is uh, way, way ahead of most people is talking about things like perfectionism and ambition as if they can can be problematic. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think I can speak for the table here when most of the people we talk to about their perfectionism or their ambition, they're really trying to sell themselves on the fact that that's a positive trait. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when they come to when they shipwreck their lives and come to us, they're they're semi asking, "How do I do this thing that I know is good in a way that won't wreck me?" Yeah, mm-hmm. which leads us to the point of saying, "Who said it's good? Right. It seems right. to be the thing that wrecked your life." Right, right. But right. as you're pointing out, um, that part of this is going to go to what kind of goals you set, which maybe uh, some like go to the gym three times a week is, is is a good goal. Maybe you find out you don't have the time, you don't have the energy, you're not your fitness isn't there. And you say, "Well, I want to do some twenty minutes of physical activity." Mm. three times a week, and I throw on a, a, a book on tape and go for a walk, and that counts, mm. right? Take the stairs instead of the elevator at work. I think another aspect of that kind of negative negative motivational arc is, well, aim for the biggest thing, because then you'll just, you'll feel bad, you'll feel bad, you'll feel bad, then you'll hit a big thing. Exactly. Right. If you celebrate victories along the way, well, that's like participation trophies and stuff, man. And right, 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 right. That's, that's rough. So we need to look at these kind of goals we set for ourselves in these first small steps and be happy with those steps. Yeah. And Jed, what would, we, what would we tell someone on that? Well, I think in terms of celebrating the little victories along the way, I, I think that that, I think that boils down in an odd way to humility, right? Mm. So we need to be clear here. When we talk on this show about humility, we mean by it, knowing who you are, strengths and weaknesses, both, and being at peace with that, having a sense of acceptance. He's, here's are, are things that I'm good at. Here is where I could use to grow. I accept both of those about myself. When we say humility, we do not in any way mean looking down on yourself. Mm-hmm. That's actually not humility at all. A, mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of use that as a, as they call that humility. That's a, that's a different thing. The, the funny thing is when you have an accurate sense of uh, of yourself, strengths and weaknesses both, and you're able to accept it, then there actually aren't such a thing in a way as small victories, mm-hmm. right? If you mm-hmm. say, you know, I, I did, you know, physical activity three times this week for 20 minutes, you know, okay, you could look at that and you could say, uh, well, what is, I mean, what is that? Some really? people running marathons. I took a walk. What's that? That is nothing. Except in a sense, actually, this struggle wasn't about physical activity. This struggle was about consistency. Mm-hmm. That's actually what, right. the, what this was about. Thank you. And I, as a person, consistency is not a strength for me. Right. Um, that's an area of weakness. This is actually, it may be a very, <clears throat> a very small step in physical fitness, but it's a huge step in consistency. Right. Yeah. And if I know, if I have a sense of who I am as a person and the things that I struggle with and the things that I struggle less with, then we can look at that and we say, that's not a small thing to celebrate. That's a huge thing to celebrate. Mm. I I need a better vision and a better picture of it. And therefore, it it is to be celebrated. Does that answer the question that you're asking? Yeah, absolutely does. And um, on the sense of what are some things we can do, a small step on this, I think there are some things that fall right in this pattern. They're good things, and if we can scale them down, of I want to do something so that I feel like I broke through this and I got the freedom. But I think 
and Jed, love you to speak to more to this. One of the ideas you can do as you're talking about the difference between humility and beating yourself up is just put yourself in a situation where there's less about you. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, here, I want to talk about me for a second. And if this is true for you, then, then use it. I find that one of the struggles for me with perfectionism, um, let's see which all words you used here. Yeah, perfectionism, ambition. anxiety, ambition, etc. And I have experienced a lot of all of those. Is I'm the Jed's focus. Real bad with the etc. Absolutely, He's man. Got the et cetera, like you wouldn't believe. It's chronic, <laughs> man. Uh, in my experience of the things you've described, the, the key problem is I am the focus of everything in my life all the time. Right, right. Yeah. It, everything, good and bad, and in between, is is all about me. And a certain amount of your life kind of has to be about you uh, by necessity. But everybody needs a break from that. Everybody, just for your own spiritual and mental and emotional health, you need things in your life where you get to focus on something other than you for a while. I, I think that's really critically important. So one of the easiest ways to do that is to find an opportunity to go serve other people and be very focused for an hour or two on their needs and doing something about um, the things that they are dealing with. If you listen to the show before, we mentioned and it bears repeating, there are a lot of ways to do that. That's serving soup at a soup kitchen, um, visiting with people at a nursing home, um, being a part of a chapel service at a jail, uh, volunteering um, at a, um, a, a, t- a tutoring center. There's, there's a ton of ways to do it. One of the things, though, that I've found in my life, and again, all those ways are good, is I, if you really want to take the focus off of you for a while, make it something demanding. Um, so I look for me for things that involve physical labor when I need to mm. shift that gear. So uh, shoveling snow for other people is a way for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you shovel much snow, that's really hard work, actually. Right, right. Um, and it's, it's, it is hard to be shoveling snow and be worrying about your own situation as you're doing it. Right, um, right, and, right, and it right. kind of creates a break. You know, I mean, if you're tutoring kids and they're focusing on, you know, geometry class and you're, you know, walking them through, you know, uh, here's how you calculate areas and whatnot, uh, maybe that's hypotenuse. Men- uh, they're, hypotenuse, that's very good. Uh, you know, maybe that's mentally demanding enough that it does a similar thing. It kind of it takes your focus fully and you're able to be fully in that zone. But I'd encourage you that I think that's something that should be regularly in your life. I mean, maybe on a roughly speaking weekly basis is having an opportunity to serve others, take the focus off of you and be fully engaged for a while in something that's not about you. I think it's a really fantastic point. And I want to uh, go back to the idea of demanding. I think it's a great idea. I think we do want to separate that from this kind of perfectionism, ambition, desire of, you know, we're talking about, you know, little things and not necessarily overexerting yourself. I think, Jed, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm interpreting what you're saying as demanding as demanding a focus. Yes. If you're, if you're shoveling snow, you kind of got to do that. Take, if you're chasing kids around the church nursery, you have to focus because it turns mm-hmm. out they'll just try to escape on you. Yeah, they'll run buck wild. Mm-hmm. They'll just get right on. So something that uh, takes the focus off you and gives yes. you a little piece on that. Yes. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I want to go, uh, as we close out on this, back to what Glenn was talking about, that strategy piece. Mm-hmm. And I think Jed has given us a good idea of what a seemingly small thing that is a really big chunk of strategy. You know, if you spend an hour a week, that is definitionally a small thing. Doing something else for someone, that's a small step. And, and it may not feel like, you know, well, how is that going to get me freedom in the way the Bible talks about. When the New Testament talks about freedom, most of the time it really specifically uses a Greek word that refers to people being free from slavery. Mm-hmm. The point where in Galatians 5.1, uh, the, the word free comes up a lot, uh, where uh, Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ set you free. 
which seems like a sentence that circles back on itself. It yeah. kind of does, but this, the back half of that verse is, so don't be caught again in the yoke of slavery. Yoke literally being when they captured someone and enslaved them, like the thing they would put across their shoulders to uh, bind them. So mm-hmm. that there's that idea. So when we talk about these things, these little steps, celebrating victories, good strategy, all that is pointed towards, and to co- coalesce that with what you're asking about what the Bible says about freedom, is... Uh, kind of pointing towards not sliding back. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the analogy I always think of biblically is um, the Hebrews wandering through the desert after uh, leaving Egypt, and it takes them about a day and a half to get to the point of, you know, guys, Egypt was nice. You know, you know we, had, we had a pretty good. It was there. temperate, you know. Yeah. Pyramids were nice to look at when they were finished. It was all, you know, mm-hmm. were we being hasty? Right, right, right. So when you, you're, it, what will inevitably happen is you will get. Uh, some good momentum going on this. You will do some cool things. And there will be a week where some things do and you get back into beating up on yourself and you miss, you don't go to the gym and you miss the the tutoring thing. And the key thing there is that's when freedom really needs to yep. be a focus. That's yep. when we can shift from that kind of focus and wear ourselves. Jed pointed out to, okay, now I need to focus inward. I need strategy. I need to evaluate this. That's not in the same way where one might evaluate themselves and strategize in the way you used to that would bring about anxiety. Am I doing enough? Am I I, uh, exerting enough energy into this? This is more about, am I sliding back? Am I slipping? Are these the old things that used to... The Bible uses imagery about the devil trying to reach out and snatch you. Mm -hmm, It says he prowls looking to grab you again. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. that's uh, when the Bible talks about freedom, it talks about in that very specific way. And I think there's a reason for that. And I think all the stuff that Glenn and Jed are telling you about practical ways to address this really tie into that idea. And if you can get your mind around that idea of I'm not going to slide back into and the things you inevitably, the thing you are uh, to take us all the way back to where Glenn started, inevitably the thing you are. being enslaved by is going to have a component of fear, fear, shame, and guilt, probably Mm -hmm. all three. Mm -hmm. So when you feel yourself sliding back onto those things, that's when it's time to stop down, question your strategy, look for some ways to get outside yourself and move through that. All right. That's a lot of good stuff on that. We're going to move to our second question here. It came in anonymously as well. And it says, there are some prayers, seemingly admirable prayers, if I do say so myself, that I've prayed for years and had the answer be no or not now. These are prayers for situations such as the salvation of people I love and care deeply about, and as I see ministries and people in my life that need a hand up, I pray for money beyond my daily bread so that I can help them out. But for years, there's been silence. I suppose it may be too big a question to ask what God's rationale for all this is. Perhaps the better question is, how does one navigate the truth of who God is when sometimes his actions don't always seem to match up with his characteristics? Very good question. I did some editing down from a, a kind of a larger conversation. So uh, just for the sake of clarity, I'll, I'll do a little bit of paraphrasing. We jump here in here. Uh, our friend is asking, you know, there, there are things we pray for, things that are good, mm-hmm. things that the Bible seemingly says God wants us to have. Mm-hmm. And the answer to those um, sometimes for years on end comes down on the, uh, the big fat no side. Mm-hmm. So how do we emotionally navigate that, which I think is a really sharp question, not to say... Right. We've, and we've dealt with that question before. It's a fine question. We don't judge it of, why would, why would God do that? Which, never we have to give the answer of, I don't know. Well, that's right. And I, I think you, what you're, part of what you're doing here is you're asking a theological question about an emotional situation. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that it's... It Maybe kind of looking for the overlap of those. Yeah, I know the right yeah. answer, but how do I... Yeah, exactly right. Here's here's the the most important thing to say about that is you should not uh, censor what it is that you're asking God for. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely true. Uh, 
that is to say, you shouldn't question whether it's the right thing to ask. Uh, you you might say, I want this, but, as I often say, I want this, but you may or may not want to give that to me based on the fact that I have no idea what I'm talking about. So uh, I think we do need to have a certain humility, and maybe he knows better. Uh, but I, I think we don't want to say... Uh, we don't want you to put us in a position, position as saying that you're asking for the wrong thing or the wrong way or the wrong time. Asking is about being vulnerable with the Lord. I think that's a great point. I think it gives us a really good next step to go on this too, which is we, we do absolutely, that's absolutely right. But we do talk about, and you may hear sermons or read books about, you know, um, asking in the right way, asking the right that we will talk about, you know, vulnerable humility right. in those ways. You want to be prayed up. You want to know the word in mm-hmm. some ways that help you understand God's character. All that in theory and in practice, if you're applied right, helps us have a more vibrant prayer life to kind of understand that relationship. But if the goal of those things isn't to know the right question, you know, I don't read mm-hmm. through the Bible so that I know the right angle to come at God at. What do we, how are we reconciling those here are some good behaviors that lead to a good prayer life. Right. How do those lead to that vulnerability you're talking about? Well, I think uh, essentially the, the, the point that we're, we're going to, as you say, we're going to land on is that there's almost certainly something here that God knows about the situation that you don't. And uh, th- that is to say, if I, if I came to you and said, okay, a new day has dawned, anything you ask from God, no matter how stupid, no matter how pointless, no matter how selfish, no matter how bad it would turn out for you if you had all the facts, God's just going to give it to you. What would we think? Would we be better off at mm-hmm. that point? We, we think we would. If I got everything I wanted, I'd be perfectly happy. You know, sure. That's, you know, that's actually not how that works. Uh, and you'd say, well, okay, how does it work that way? You'd say, well, God probably knows stuff that I don't know about if I had these things, it'd be bad. But part of what this question to asker is, is, is putting before us is I'm asking for things that that pretty much couldn't be wrong. Sure. You know. I want this person to get saved. How could God be against that? Yeah, that's, you know, I, I, I want to have more money so I can support missions work. How, why would God say no to that? Well, uh, again, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the theological thing that you're forcing us to tell that we, that we don't quite want to is God knows and you don't. You know, he yeah. knows better and, than, than we do. And there are things that seem inconceivable, that why would God not give me this? And uh, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but I quickly bears repeating it. I had a meeting once, I'm working uh, with uh, gang members on the north side of Chicago, and um, there was one particular guy that I really wanted to be at this meeting, mm-hmm. and, and I prayed and prayed and prayed, and said, Lord, I just want this guy to be here, and uh, you know, I'm just not going to let go until you tell me that you can get this guy to this meeting and so and because I'd heard that he wasn't going to be there and it was time to get started and I didn't want to get started until he was there prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and um you know okay it's time to start the meeting so we got to start the meeting and I walked out and sure enough our prayers are answered he walks in the door completely drunk and that was the worst disaster that ever could possibly happen. I mean, that thing melted down. Because that dude was there. Because that dude was there. Now, how, if you'd asked me a couple hours beforehand, 
is there any way that it would be good for this guy not to be at this meeting? I would say, of course not. I theologically, I can't conceive of that. You ask me five seconds after he walks in the door, is this at all a good idea? I would say no. no. This, this is terrible. You know, But that's the thing is once I learned one very tiny fact, my entire viewpoint of that radically changed. And I think we have to assume uh, that, that, that God knows more about that stuff than we do. And one of the real quick yeah, little absolutely. thing I'll, I'll add on to that. Here's a, here's a pro tip for you Christian people out there. I get the sense that what you think this is about is I got to have faith. I got to have faith that God has character, that he wants to do things for me, even though I pray for good things and he doesn't give them to me. Here's the thing. Anytime you find yourself saying, I think God wants me to have faith, sit down and ask, does God want me to have wisdom? Mm-hmm. Anytime you are saying, I need more wisdom, ask God, am I supposed to be stepping out in faith in this moment? Hey, we just need to gather more facts, y'all. Yeah, you sure. know, That kind of thing. It's a blue Bec- ribbon committee. We have a funny way of being on the opposite end of yep. that stick yep. when we need to be on the other. Uh, you need to ask God the question you're asking us, which is, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... That's a re- and and he doesn't resent that at all. Yeah, and it's important to know, and that would give you comfort. You need the wisdom of 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 why not. So that's we need to to ask for wisdom. God isn't asking you to have uh, faith in 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 this situation. He's he, it, it's time to receive wisdom. I think that's that's a fantastic point. I really like the the kind of that story you're telling, and to the point of what our question asker is talking about here of. The, the point of that story was not every time you, you pray for a guy to show up in a meeting now, tack on the addendum, sober. This is not a genie story right. or a right. monkey's right. paw situation. Right, exactly right. right. Uh, to that, and to that point, a lot of what we learn when we go to prayer is learning about God, learning yeah. about ourselves, yeah. almost, and not to say that, you know, if you're praying for Aunt Sally's cancer to go into remission, we don't want to say, oh, God doesn't care about that. He wants you to grow deeper in the knowledge of the glory, but mm-hmm. there's when you're in these kind of situations where you're frustrated with prayer, I find exactly that point of wisdom and faith, one of the big things we can start asking is about the questions we're asking to the point of what, what's mm-hmm. this about, what am I learning? And Jed, uh, I think we need can, need to be aware of what answers we're looking for mm-hmm. as well, in that, you know, our friend, and, and it is, they say, and it's true, you know, the answer is no and, and not now. There's that Christian cliche of, you know, God's answer is either uh, yes, no, or not now, which is kind of true, but sort of. there are actually other things in that spectrum that yeah. we, if we're not aware that they exist, we might miss out on some stuff, right? Absolutely. We're really sorry you're hurting. That's a bummer. It It's super, super is painful to have things that you really care about and you feel certain that God cares about, and you're pouring your heart out to the Lord and ask Him to do something, and it feels like nothing's happening. Um, if it's any comfort to you, we've all been there. Yep. Um, and we're we're sorry we're we're sorry that's what you're what you're dealing with. Um, I, I would offer two things for you to look at. Uh, the first is um, people do have free will, uh, and Christians have a way of forgetting about that. Uh, mm. God is a gentleman, and He doesn't. Calvinists f- are getting itchy. I know they are. Mm. The Bible says uh, the Calvinists start out <clears throat> itchy. To be fair, that's right. The Bible says two things very clearly: God is sovereign, and people have free will. It yep. says both of those really clearly. So save your letters. Um, right. <laughs> 
um, th- this is the thing is God is a gentleman and he doesn't force things on people. Right. Um, you know, uh, um, if you refuse, you just don't want a blessing. God's not going to make you have it. Right. Um, that, that has been my experience anyway. That sounds like three people have missed out on some blessings by being boneheads talking. Then there yep. you go. So this is the thing is, um, Sometimes we pray for things, and if we were listening really close to the Lord, uh, his answer might be, oh, I'm trying. Uh, Believe me, I'm trying to hook up exactly what you're describing. Dude ain't making it easy. I don't know if you've noticed. Do you mind going to the place where the blessing is? Exactly right. You you keep praying to win the lottery. Have you bought a lottery ticket? No? (laughs) Well, some of this is on you. Maybe part way here. Well, you know, we have a certain number of people that we we work with that that backslide. They fall off. You know, Mm -hmm. they're saved. Uh, You know, that's great. But they're, you know, their lives are a mess, and they're hurting themselves, and they're hurting others. And, you know, when we, you know, we we go to the Lord, and we say, won't you, you know, John, once you sort John out and once you square him away, and, and you know, part of the Lord's answer is, yeah, but John has to participate in that process. Right. I'll, I'll hold right. up on this. That's I'll, right. I'm ready, dude. Right, right, um, right. And and I have a way of forgetting that. Mm. And I and I, I wonder if you don't have a way of forgetting it. That people do have free will, and that mm. is part of the situation. But here's the other thing that that I often forget about, and I suspect you may forget about too, is that God actually has His own agenda. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a way of saying I have the things I care about. I have a list of things I want God to do something about. And let's th- negotiate. Let's negotiate. The nature of our relationship will be I will go to you and I'll say, here are the things I'd like you to do something about. And God, according to the Christian cliches, will say yes, no or not yet. But it turns out, particularly if we're willing to listen to the Lord, he has things he cares about. Right. right. So uh, I might go to the Lord. And I might say, John is being a knucklehead and he's he's tubing out and it's breaking my heart. And won't you sort him out? And if I were to listen real close to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, I might hear two things. First, I'm trying. John's right. not making it easy. So right, uh, right, right, uh, right. Uh, I'm not the hold up here. But the second thing I might hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit whisper is, I do have something else I'd like to talk to you about that isn't John related. In other words, get on my agenda. Exactly get, right. Getting me on yours. Exactly right. Yeah. In other words, the Lord might say, I got, I'll take care of John. Mm-hmm. But Bob and Ed and Mark... All need someone to go yep. talk to them right now, yep. and I'd actually like you to be the dude that does that. Right. I'd like you to, when you finish this prayer time, right. get up and go visit them right. and talk with them. What I found in my life, this is not a fiction for me. This is not a hypothetical for me. What I found in my life is uh, when I go to the Lord and I say, here's the thing I care about, and can we do something about it, and uh, kind of get a sense from the Lord of not really and not right now, or it's just silence, there are always a ton of things where the Lord is trying to say, I have stuff I'm trying to say yes to in your life right now today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if I could please get your attention on the following 10 subjects, mm-hmm. I have a huge yes for you right now if you would please let me set the agenda for mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm terrible at that. I'm sure that you have everything in you to be better at it. But I think part of what, part of what I have to come to terms with is, first, God really does care about the thing that he's telling me to not worry too much about right now. He, I, sometimes I feel like my worry is the thing that keeps it afloat. If I don't worry about John, he probably won't ever get his head screwed on right, straight. Right. It's like my worry is almost a magical force that's going to motivate him. Sure. And it sounds silly when I say that out loud, but we all, um, you know, we all feel that way. But the second thing, honestly, is this is true for men and best true for you. I just get target locked. I have a sense. We were talking about this at the bridge very recently. Don't tell me about these other blessings. 
Right. Don't don't right. don't try and buy me off and distract me right. with these other things. Right. I want this one thing, and then it almost right. becomes a battle of wills between me and God. Right. When the truth is, God wants to bring more and better into your life today than than you would be prepared to receive, than I would be prepared to receive. And I think living into that begins by asking, Lord, what are the things you're saying yes to today that I'm not paying attention to? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. That's a fantastic point, especially for if you're either someone who's kind of starting out on a journey of really a prayer life that involves listening, which is prayer life should. Yes. Out. Um, or you're kind of like our friend of the questionnaire, as you say, you've been on this for a while and you're hit a point of uh, frustration there. I think that idea of there's something beyond a binary yes and no in yes. this conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong, and there are certain things we, we in, our, in the vernacular up here at the uh, at the bridge, when we talk about that, we actually mentioned our staff meetings. There are some things you want to go to the Lord and just you want a, thumb, we call it thumbs up or thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we're putting together the thing, and do I need? Do we want to uh, invite Pastor so and so to this? Just give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. There's not a wider part of this conversation right now, but when we get too locked into that thumbs up and thumbs down thing, we it's easy to miss things. An easy example from your question, and you say, you know, pray for money beyond my daily bread so I can help uh, ministries I care about out. Uh, been there. I I, I have plans for uh, all the ways I could help out ministries if God would just give me. A giant chunk of money. Sure, a big pile of cash. Yeah, it'd be great. And, you know, it's Lamborghini for me, and I can get the people to the ministry faster. Absolutely. Right. But right. it turns out, uh, for now, uh, the the answer is a big no on that. Uh, but also, there's inside of that, here are things you're happier in, can get in the car, and go do that will help those ministries in the same way. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. That's yep. not as much fun for me. It's so much more mm-hmm. effort. It turns out you don't have to get up at 9 a.m. to write a check. Yes. Right. You have to get up to 9 a.m. to go to the thing. That's a right. huge bummer. Right. But right. God is fairly insistent that I do it right. for reasons that, uh, as Glenn pointed out, are not always clear to me, but become clear the more I do it. Mm. So this idea, there are certainly scenarios where you want just a thumbs up or thumbs down, should I do this, should I not? We talk about that you know, in, in dating stuff and in church stuff, stuff, and that's a, a great place, definitely a great place to start out if you're new to listening to the Lord. But as you kind of grow in that, as you're looking for things, you want to be aware of answers that, as these guys are pointing out, have nothing to do with the question you're asking, because that's, mm-hmm. I think I speak, again, I think I speak well on the show when I can say some of my biggest breakthroughs in prayer have been when God's really insistent we have a conversation other than the one I wanted to have. Yeah, right. So right, if you're open right. to that, there can be some really cool stuff that happens. We move on to our final question here. Came in anonymously. It says, "Marriage is a big deal, and we need to approach it with level-headedness." Mm. However, my boyfriend and I are so into each other that we can't keep our hands off each other, and I'm wondering if it's okay to do some fooling around so we can quote get it out of our system and can approach relationships with a clearer head. Also, people say you don't buy a car without test driving it first. So can we make no. so can we make sure we are you'll get your chance? <laughs> we are sexually compatible first before deciding on marriage. Before I kick around to these guys, as I said in the blog post on this, I will say we appreciate your question, we appreciate right. your honesty, and we deeply appreciate the blatant attempt to get away with something. That's yeah. right. You know that you're not going to get away with. Yeah. That's right. But we wouldn't we we would fault you if you didn't try. Yeah, that we wouldn't respect you if you weren't looking for a loophole. Absolutely. Glenn is the king of looking for a loophole that That's you know right. God's ultimately not gonna let you get away with. We're gonna try anyway. That's right. What do you have to say to our friend here? <laughs> well, uh yeah. Uh, yeah, bless you. Well, heart. because it'll be quicker, why don't we uh, knock the test drive analogy right on its rear end? Yeah, that's, that's not it. That's not it. Well, my favorite part is get it out of our system. Yeah, sure. yeah that's, that's the way great. sex works. Once you've had it once, you don't think about it anymore. <laughs> that's right. Well, oh, we yeah. did that. We did that. Now let's, you know, this, we'll probably never want to do wells? that. Digging wells? How do we dig wells? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, maybe take up baking as a hobby, <laughs> you know. These, 
No, that's a pretty much a lifelong desire. It's a pursuit that never really loses. It's a renewable it's, resource. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those things people have a fairly consistent zeal for over a long period of time. So you're not getting that out of your system, bless your heart. Uh, I mean, I understand that. I I understand the thinking. Uh, yeah, well, when you're in that space, especially if you're young, where you're so obsessively thinking about it, yeah, it's easy to understand how one might fall into the idea of okay, but if I wouldn't. If it wasn't a first-time thing or what would it be like thing, we mm. could think about it clearer. But as you're pointing out, this is really not the way that's wired. No, and and I think there's a there can be a tendency for some young couples to try to deal with their you know their 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 sexual frustrations and stuff by going to sort of a bizarre extreme of. Our first gonna, kiss will be at the altar. Yeah, all that nonsense. That's and right if, out, dude. T- t- back to one of Glenn's uh, very genius theories, the Mount Everest rule. Never known somebody who did the first kiss at the altar thing who didn't announce that. Yeah, right. At the time. Right. Hey, just so you guys know, this is uh, come here first kiss. So, yeah. uh, you know. Yes, it's written in the program. Which one we know. It? Yeah, we just want to keep it humble. Yeah, we, we want we want God to have the glory, so everybody pay close attention as we. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's yeah, that's the uh, Mount Everest analogy of. of if they if if you had to sign a waiver that you couldn't talk about it, would anyone climb that? Everest, and the answer is no. You, yeah, you only do it so you can talk about it. Uh, that's uh, pride, which is actually another sin. It's so, problem. Uh, that's you're you're not on the righteous it path. Go with before things. <laughs> exactly right. So I think uh, you know I think uh, certainly you can pray to the Lord about. You know, where exactly, exactly where is that boundary? Mm-hmm. And does that boundary perhaps move as we're going through the stages of of uh, being engaged and so forth and, you know, to to where the, there's be some change in that over time? Well, we, we definitely uh, are going to push back on the idea of if you, we just have sex, it'll be out of our system. But we have uh, often on this show um, been pro-playing kissy face. Yeah, yeah. And is there an element of that, of there's yeah. a certain amount of physical interaction that is good, is healthy, sure. and does have this certain effect of we're scratching that itch a little bit in a way that's uh, kosher. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And, and and again, I would pray through all that, of course, so you can feel good about it. But uh, I think uh, the, the other sign to this is if we haven't had sex, how do we know that we're compatible? Well, now here's the thing about that. Uh, first of all, uh, males and females... Tab A, slot B, etc. They, they have uh, the parts... The parts mm-hmm fit together it's a design feature yeah so that's you're compatible uh but here's the thing uh is that when people talk about compatibility they mean that um you know people have different tastes in things they have different things that excite them and turn them on there's certain things that turn them off and there's you know uh you know but those are the kind those things aren't actually things that you work out by having sex you work out by discussing that ahead of time and, and, and discussing with each other what is it, the kind of stuff that you really like, that really excites you, what kind of stuff doesn't. You know, what, what, do you, what is something that you think would be great that you've never tried, that you want to try, and that kind of stuff. That's, uh, and, and out of that, you may discover that one or both of you have certain hang-ups, Right. Uh, you know, well, I, I'm I, I, I'm nervous that I would be weird about this thing or whatever. Well, first of all, you can often break that down by discussing it mm-hmm. to, by each mm-hmm. o- with each other. But if you find out that it's a larger problem, you can take that to a counselor and discuss that before you get into that sexual relationship. 
And that's the ideal way of doing it. So it's, it's not that you have the wrong concern here at all. It's that uh, the, 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 the just uh, uh, ig- ignoring the problem yeah. and just having sex as a solution to working out problems that you might have in the physical arena makes absolutely no sense. You know, that's not how you solve that problem. It actually is something that you, you talk through. Absolutely right, and Jed, I'd love to get you to pick us up and talk about this compatibility idea. Mm. Um, the the reason for me the test car, the test drive analogy breaks down is because uh, once you buy the car, it just is. Sure, you don't buy a Honda Accord and decide, well, I really need a pickup truck, and the your car says, well, I feel like I can work on that, and I can sure extend this bed a little bit. As as Glenn is pointing out, and as we've talked about on the show before, people mistake things like compatibility and chemistry for effortlessness. Yes, when uh, as it's been described to me by all the gentlemen of this podcast, uh, marriage. Is, is inherently effort. Yes. As are all relationships. So where do we acknowledge that? Of There are things we want to learn about your partner and things you want to know, but at some point, it, this is all going to take work. So what's the balance on that? No doubt about it. Well, um, at some point, you guys, uh, we hope that it is after you are married, but you will at some point have sex and you will enjoy it. Here, here I have a word of prophecy for you as you listen to this podcast episode. You will enjoy it and then you'll be like, well, that was good. That was that was something, you know, because uh, that's that's actually what what sex is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it, as you talk about it and communicate about it and have more of it, when not it will get better and it will get better and it will grow in quality and grow mm-hmm. in quantity and this will be a good thing. And this is the key thing. There's not a way around that. Uh, the 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 popular idea of I saw it from across the club. Mm. Our eyes locked. <laughs> Didn't even notice his names. Yeah, yeah. The way home. I'll yeah. stop there. The idea of this Thank you. orgasmic, you know, interaction where you just, you know, there's elect- no work involved. It's electrifying <laughs> and there's yeah. no work. And it, that's, it's just nonsense. It's not how life works, man. Uh, yeah. That That's not how sex works. But part of the reason you can know that's not how sex is, works is that's not how anything works. That's right. <laughs> sex is a form of, of communication and interaction all forms of communication and interaction uh, require practice and effort. Uh, I, I locked eyes with physics, and I knew I was destined to be a physicist. I was so hot for Newton. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's that's not how anything works. Next thing you know, I was physicsing all night long. <laughs> <laughs> hot for Newton is the worst Van Halen song. <laughs> the, here's the thing that, that we would encourage you. I, I'd, I'd like to ask you two questions. They may sound snarky, but I, I really mean them. I want you to think about them. Is... Are you, is the real thing here, you know what you want to do, but you're afraid of what your Christian friends would think? Uh, because that's mm. actually the case for a lot of people. Thank you. Is they're yes. super afraid of what all their Christian friends would think. Uh, they, I basically, I just want to have sex with my boyfriend, but I'm afraid of what my Christian friends would think. Right. Um, if that's the case, here's my advice to you. Do what all of them do. Lie. Because that's what right. all of them are doing. Yes, they're exactly. having sex with the person they're Say dating, that. and they're lying about yeah. it. Yeah. Literally, yeah. all of them. Yes, every single one of them. Yeah. Just so you know, they, they lie to you, then they come and sit down and tell us the truth, and and, and, and that it's all different. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So if your thought is, well, I want to do what I want to do, I just don't want you know my my friends to look down on me. Just do what they do. Lie about it. Sure. You won't like it. It won't right. work. Right. But uh, that's that's what's actually before you. You can tell them it's none of their business. You can tell them it's none of their business. But that's my first question is, is this just about what your friends will think? The second thing I want to ask you is, and I don't mean this in a legalistic Jed guilt-inducing way. I mean this as a real Notice actual Notice the lack question. of change in tone of voice. Exactly right. Who do you actually want to be in charge of this relationship? 
And I want you to think right. long and hard about that because Christians have to say, oh, whatever the Lord wants. There's nothing in their lives that evidences that that is true. Just, right. Whatever he wants, Glenn. Yeah, I just, I just sure. want his will and not okay. my own. Yeah, yeah. Here's a mark of Christian maturity. Being able to say, I have an area of my life and I want my will to be done in it. Right. I am wrong to feel that way, right. but I super duper where I'm at today want my will to be done in this area of my life. Right, right, right. That's the moment we can begin submitting our will to God's will. Exactly. That's right. that's the moment a real conversation with the Lord can begin. We say, right. I am wrong, but I am struggling. Right. I, I want my will to be done. Right. Can right. we talk about this? Yeah. That's that's not a mark of weakness, that's a mark of maturity, because to be clear, most of all of our lives, that is true of. Yeah. We, we want our will yeah, to be done. Yeah, and ignoring that's not helping anything. Exactly right. Exactly right. So the question for you is, do you want you to run this relationship, or do you want God to run this relationship? And this is not... Uh, let me explain what I mean for a second. Most people, what they, what they really want is to do everything my way, but have God sign off on it mm-hmm. and tell me, oh, that's, you know, that's acceptable. That, that's, that's what they want. That's not Christianity. That's, th- that's a different religion. Mm-hmm. That's if almost it, every other religion. That's really all of them, but it's super not Christianity. And here's the other thing. You won't like it. You won't like the way that that works. Here's why I say that. Your best ideas of how to have a good marriage are not very good ideas. They're, yep. they're, just, they're just not. And if the idea is, if your concept is, I'm going to do all of my fairly messed up ideas, but you know, kind of tweak them so that God will you know, not be mad at it. Let's say you got your way. Let's say God appeared to you in a cloud and said, sure, fool around. You know, I'll give you a pass. Don't worry about it. And lo, know. the Lord saith to them, eh. Eh, you no. know. Let's say that happens and, and you, do, you won't like it. Right. You won't like the way it goes because it, mm. it's not a good idea. Mm. Even if God tells you, I won't be mad about it, I forget about it. It's, it's not a good idea. By contrast, if we say, look, I know myself and my best ideas have a tendency to fall short. I want God to actually be the one that's in charge of this relationship. I reserve the right to dislike the things he leads us to do as a couple mm. and to be sure. annoyed with him and to tell him about that. And to talk that out in vigorous discussion, but at the end of the day, I want him to be the one that calls the shots and leads the way. That's a completely different thing. What I can tell you, what Glenn can tell you, what Lee would tell you if he was here with us is, you will like the way that that marriage goes. Mm -hmm. You will like the way that relationship grows and evolves. It will be super hard. It will Mm -hmm. be much more difficult and much more effort than your fairly jacked up ideas that God kind of signs off on, but you will like where it goes. It will go somewhere good. That's the way everything in the kingdom of God works is it starts super, super small and then God grows into something really cool and really amazing. And that's what we want for you and your relationship and your marriage is something really cool and really amazing. And letting God lead the way is what's actually going to lead you there. Exactly right. And that goes to the the point we're we're making with with Glenn's answer there. When you do that, one of the easiest way, one of the things you want to do when you're, if you decide you want to let God call the shots, one of the hardest things to do at that point is to not try to nudge him in a direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To say, because we've seen, as opposed to the other side of the, most people who are having sex anyway and then lying about it, there's the other side, which isn't really getting anywhere any better, which is, as Glenn mentioned, just total, complete physical shutdown. Yep. Right. And they think they're being holier, but their conversation with God goes, Lord, I know you don't want us to touch each other. Give us the strength not to touch each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. not really any less telling God what to do than, uh, right. you know right. what, Lord, right. close your eyes, because we're going to be in the back for a minute. That's right. Yeah. 
Those the, are the same thing, actually. Yeah. Really, right. uh, symptoms of the same disease there. A disease of sin. Yes. Mm. I think I got the Calvinist back on board. Yeah, yeah they were right back there. Welcome back, that. guys. <laughs> back in. But so, it, it's it, as Jed's pointing out, it is, it is more work. It is scarier. It is messier. It takes more asking for wisdom mm. to say, blank slate, Lord, what do you want us to do? Yeah. And yeah. be surprised uh, to be be prepared to be surprised by the amount of scandalousness that is often in those answers. Yeah. Right. Um, we're not saying the Lord wants you to uh, to neck, as the kids say, or they said in the 40s anyway. I don't sure. Know right. That's right. Now but we're going steady. Most of what I know about making out, I picked up the lingo from Happy Days. Right. <laughs> I don't really know how that worked out, but, you know, what are you going to do? Go uh, parking. Exactly right. Did, did, you, did you drive up to make out point? Exactly right. On the hill there. Everything mm. used to happen on hills. Right, right. Inspiration um, point. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, but that, so... Ask that now. Do you, it's good to have some left and right. Let me just talk about those. Sure, right. You can you can clearly look at the witness of scripture and hear from. If we were saying it to you now, don't have premarital sex. Yep, it's, don't have premarital. It's sex. not good. It's not going to work out the way you want it to. Premarital sex is bad. Okay. Yes, thank you. Also, don't put on hazmat suits and leave <laughs> a seat between you at the movies. <laughs> That's probably too far the other direction. Yeah, yeah. And most things in between are in play. Yeah. And for some people would be bad, for some people would be fine. That's why we have to ask the Lord this idea of the easy the way to make the, the training wheels on this are to super limit our options mm-hmm. as we go back to the binary thing we were talking about earlier, and then ask the Lord, you know, hand holding or cheek kissing, which is it? Mm-hmm. That's not really your your you might miss what the Lord actually wants you to do. Right. And he wants you to do that because it's better for the relationship, it's better for you guys. So again, that's scarier. You gotta you gotta ask more questions along the way. That's why we're here. Right in. You won't you won't scandalize us. We're we're happy to help on that. You can write those questions into say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridge chicago.tumblr.com. We you no know, Lee on the episode we Lee on the episode this week's so gonna take you out with a little Lee song. This is from this month's edition of Bridgebox. This is a Lee song called Go with you. Very cool tune. We're taking out that. Thanks for listening. It's more. We love you. God loves you. Nothing you can do about it. Say that podcast, the 2016 winner for best say that related podcast. You're the doctor and I am sick. You're the vine and I'm just a stick. And I've got more problems than I can fit. Would you help me with this? Lost in the fields And I don't know what's healthy or real And all I need is to stick to the heels Of a shepherd who feels for me No one knows me like you do No one else sees what's really true